This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the Soulfully Casual Podcast. If you are a returning listener, I am your host, Matty Ice, and this show is brought to you by Matty Ice Media. So a big shout out to them for helping us put this show on. Uh, my apologies for not coming to you on Monday. Uh, this weekend was busy. It was Easter weekend. Um, and we had some family over, the same family we've been seeing, you know, since the pandemic started. But it was nice to have some company. It was nice to sit outside. It was a beautiful day. And honestly, between, you know, family obligations, being a parent, working, um, and also trying to do my media stuff with this podcast, other shows like Cowboy Season uh, and my YouTube channel, time just becomes, you know, very, very limited. It's a hot commodity these days. So I really haven't been able to put the time and effort into this show, at least for Monday's episode. So I decided, as I have in the past, to sort of uh, take the day off. We're a little late in getting this episode to you. Uh, This is probably the first time where I've ever recorded an episode on the day that I'm going to publish it. So that's definitely new. But things just get busy and you've kind of got to, you know, prioritize other things in your life. And it is what it is. But here we are. So there's been a few things in the in the news that have sort of caught my attention and I kind of am treating this like as a sort of a grab bag uh, episode. I'm not really looking to hone in on one thing specific, but there's one thing that I wanted to get into and it's sort of um, personal to me in, in a few ways. And that is the uh, little Lil Nas X um, custom sneaker debate. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, at least in terms of the, the sneaker world, um, collaborations, customizations is all very much a part of the process. These established sneaker brands have come out with silhouettes, uh, and that's for, for those of you, you know, maybe unfamiliar, a silhouette is basically like the um, design or the cut of some shoe. So if you go to a store and see a New Balance like 997, for instance, that is the silhouette. What that shoe looks like is the silhouette. When you get it in different colors, with different color rate patterns, you know, different materials and so forth, that's called a colorway, which is taken from uh, like wallpapering, so to, so to speak. Uh, But customization has been something that people have been doing for a long time. It's actually very prevalent now where you see people take a shoe that already exists and try to sort of DIY it to look a certain way. A few years back, that uh, deconstructed shoe look was actually very much in where the entire, you know, point of the design was for a shoe to look like you sort of stitched it together yourself. Uh, People are custom aging things on shoes they're custom aging laces they're doing coffee staining on laces so forth because people want to sort of customize a shoe to look a certain way um and we saw that in Lil Nas X's shoe now what I will say is that this is a controversial topic because religion is involved um and specifically sort of an assault on um, those religions that believe in the one god in in satan you know elements there's a lot of christian now, Christian faiths that believe in that and so forth. Um, but there's also, you know, non-Christian faiths that believe in it as well. There's also a ton of, um, you know, polytheistic religions that don't necessarily buy into that ideal. Um, so it's not necessarily for them. But let's take it from a Christianity standpoint. Um, you know, for me, I just want to come out clean that I'm not really a religious man. I grew up Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school for six years. And I was free to make the decision that I wanted in terms of what my religious uh, path was going to be. You know, I had 
studied the religion through school. I had gone to all the catechism classes and so forth. And when I became an adult, it just was not for me. Uh, the idea of there being a God um, in the way that it was presented to me, the idea of there being, you know, the, the religious lineage in terms of the Bible and how everything had come down from there. Um, it just did not sit well with me in particular. I'm a man of science. I generally tend to think of things logically and not being able to have some sort of proof um, was debilitating for me for that. I'm not somebody who can take things on blind faith. I need data. I need some type of, um, you know, of the ability to sort of research it and, and make sure that things are on the up and up. So it doesn't skew my view of this in any way because I generally tend to feel that people are entitled to believing in whatever they like. Now, I'm not a man of God, but I'm also a man of tolerance. I feel as if whatever it is that you believe in, however it is that you believe in it, is your right. It's something that you are entitled to. Uh, and But where I generally tend to draw the line is you're not entitled to infringe that upon me. It's not your job to tell me what I'm supposed to believe or how I'm supposed to believe and so forth. And I feel as if it's a live and let live policy. I don't actually have any issue with anybody who believes in God. I don't have any issue with anybody who believes in Christianity, whether you're Jewish, whether you're Islam, anything. To me, that's kind of the whole point of the world is that everybody is different. There are different ways of doing things and there are different belief systems. And to me, that is what makes the human race so unique. We're not all the same. We don't all believe in the same ideal. And Mike and I even touched on that sort of in our episode on episode two of uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier about how this ideal of, you know, one people, one, you know, one flag, um, at some point, somebody's way has to be the way. And I think that is not how things are, specifically as it relates to religion. Lil Nas X made headlines because he created a custom shoe that was um, designed basically about the devil, about Satan. Uh, there was only 666 pairs. Um, it had liquid in the air bubble that you see in the particular Nike silhouette and that was supposedly supposed to have a drop of blood in it and and all of this now I totally understand why people are affronted by this particular design there are billions of people who believe in God and they believe that Satan is the antithesis of God that he is you know bad that everything about what Satan stands for and what the you know the dark the devil stands for is what they're not striving to be in life Nobody wants to go to hell. Everybody wants to go to heaven. And I think most people try and do what they can to be a good enough person to not have that happen in what they believe is their afterlife. So I totally understand why people were affronted by that. I think where, for me, it becomes a little bit, um, you know, sort of disingenuous is that I believe it was last year or the year before, there was a custom sneaker that was created that was a Jesus shoe. It had holy water in it. It was the antithesis of it and nobody was really offended by that now again there are people who don't believe in god uh, you know like myself who maybe are affronted by it but they're very much in the minority and i think a good number of those folks were able to sort of you know ignore it and let it pass it's not something that's for them it's not something that they believe in but there are many many people who do and so let's all live and let live and let that happen uh the irony about that is that shoe sells for like thousands and thousands of dollars because it's a custom shoe so people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars for that shoe and the idea of you know religion at least in the uh, Christianity sense is that those types of things aren't as uh, important right material goods material possessions I mean it kind of goes against the the Ten Commandments coveting thy neighbor's goods so I thought that was sort of ironic but 
in this particular shoe the backlash on it was so incredible now Lil Nas X is a gay man he's a gay black man and the hate that I saw coming about it was so so interesting and it was also so hypocritical um I have seen over the last four years specifically as there are a lot of um you know Christ followers a lot of um you know God-fearing folks who were very adamant about their beliefs during the time of Donald Trump um and you know are sort of pushing the agenda on many many people we saw it with the pandemic as well uh, and we're seeing it with the shoe and unfortunately you know it's it's a lot of hate and i feel as if um you know it really doesn't embody the types of uh beliefs and the types of human behavior that we want to strive for religion aside you know, we don't want that uh but lil nas x is entitled to his design he is entitled to customize a shoe in the way that he sees fit now nike is suing him for this and i find that interesting because nike did not sue the jesus christ shoe so there's just a lot of hypocrisy going around but i want to to sort of touch on the idea that this idea of what you believe in how that manifests itself as long as it doesn't infringe on somebody else to me seeing a sneaker that somebody else is wearing is not really infringing upon anybody so many people wear symbols of their faith no matter what their faith is they wear them in the forms of crucifixes and other things there are religions, you know, throughout the world in which the way that somebody dresses is symbolic of the religious that the religion, um, you know, that they that they believe in, that they are a part of the, the the faith community that they're a part of. And that is widely accepted. We kind of know those things. Right. I mean, what's to stop somebody from wearing a crucifix or wearing earrings that are across or wearing a shirt that, you know, shows their love for Jesus and for God? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If there are people who believe in these satanic things, and, and the other thing I think that's sort of lost on it is that I believe that there's really not a reality, uh, a real belief in Satan involved here. I believe it was the antithesis to that shoe. I believe Lil Nas X is somebody who is sort of not of the same ilk as a lot of other artists are out there. Um, he's very outspoken about who he is, very outspoken about the hate that he's received his entire life. And I feel as if you know, this is just something that he was doing sort of to make headlines, uh, obviously to make a little bit of money. But I also believe that it is something that is, um, for lack of a better term, in good faith and not meant to sort of, you know, push an agenda on other people. And so I feel as if the backlash to it was, uh, was sort of unwarranted. And I want people to think before they speak a little bit before going on Twitter and telling everybody who doesn't believe in God that they're a terrible person. Maybe look to your own communities because there's a lot of people within these religious communities who are also terrible human beings. While they embody the faith aspects of it, they go to church every week, they donate, things like this, they're not necessarily living those values in their own life. I think everybody has a dark and a light side to them. Nobody is perfect. So I think before we judge, before we make um, you know, statements against other people, telling them how what they believe or how they feel, and their apathy is un, you know in, in telling somebody that their apathy is terrible i think we need to really think about that stuff um so that was sort of like light-hearted headlines it was just something in the sneaker community that was interesting it's going to happen again uh, sneaker customs are really big now uh, nike is trying to cut down on them because they feel it is you know infringing on their copyrights and so forth and it's just funny because nike is so um you know rich they make so much money they have so much product and um the fact that they feel as if these people who are taking their design and sort of paying homage to it by customizing it is sort of silly. 
Uh, another thing that sort of struck my attention that is, you know, sort of related, I would, I would say, in a way, um, is college basketball. So recently there was the national title game that took place. And um, they also was a rule change in how college athletes can, can transfer from one program to another. Traditionally, up until now, uh, players, if they wanted to leave a school that they had committed to and go to another school, they had to sit out an entire year, thus forfeiting a year of eligibility. Um, a lot of you know, college athletes aren't willing to do that because missing out on that entire year is missing out on critical uh, time on the playing field, the on the floor, and you know honing their skills because what they are looking to do by transferring is put themselves in a better position to become a professional athlete. That is really what they're doing. It has nothing to do with the education. Now, coaches, on the other hand, are able to move about the cabin as they want. Uh, they can leave programs high and dry for more money, more years. Um, you know, they can sort of do whatever it is they want. There's no period in which they have to sit out. There's no consequences to them leaving. So to me, there's a lot of hypocrisy there too. I said there was some hypocrisy in the reactions to the Lil Nas X shoe, and there's hypocrisy here. But what struck me about this was I was listening to an interview with Bob Huggins. Uh, for those of you not familiar with who he is, uh, he has been in college basketball as a coach for a very long time. I think he is in the top 10 in all-time wins. Uh, he's currently coaching at the University of West Virginia. And he was asked about this change in policy. And he was completely against it because he didn't understand why there was a bad you know, implication to an athlete saying he wanted to leave the school, but sitting out for a year to hone his skills and hone his athletics. Let me just get right out in front of that. You know, anybody who really feels as if there's education on the line with these student athletes isn't really watching. Um, there are so many little nuances to everything that happens with these student athletes that people don't realize uh, little loopholes, things like that, that really don't, uh, you know, put the education first. A lot of those kids are not there for the education, especially with the big time sports, the footballs and the basketballs. They bring in so much revenue for the school. And yes, I understand that these uh, athletes get free tuition and all of that stuff. And while it is expensive and it is something that is being comped for them, it's nothing compared to what these athletes are bringing in the school. When the schools make the NCAA tournament, when they make the final four when they win national titles they are bringing in so much more revenue than what is they are paying out to these athletes in terms of tuition and they're using the names and like and likenesses of these athletes to get to that place the athletes have no leverage the idea that this is an amateur sport anymore is sort of silly the nba uses it as a farming ground which is another thing like i there's so many things about this that don't really make sense to me if an 18-year-old kid out of high school feels he wants to go professional, we can we should allow them to do that. We don't require people to go to college for many you know professions uh, if they want to get into them. There are professions that require a you know a college degree and so forth, and that is specifically looking at the education of it. But these kids are going to these academic universities, these academic institutions, not for the education because the MBA is not looking for their their bachelor's degree. The NBA is looking for how good they are on the basketball court. Those things do not need to be honed at an academic university, right? Under semi-professional, uh, you know, circumstances. If you really think about it, the Final Four is a is held in professional stadiums. It is covered the same way as professionals are, right? And all of those things. But the other part of it that is not talked about 
is how these students are basically getting nothing. They're getting TV exposure. They're getting exposure on the court. People are seeing them play. You know, executives in the NBA are seeing them play in big time spots and they are looking at them from a basketball perspective. They're not looking at them from an education perspective. Many of these athletes are only going to college because they need the skills in the, on the basketball court at a good enough university to get to where they want to be professionally. That's the goal. Like, unless you're, I mean, there's a lot of these big time schools in which these athletes are here. Any kid that goes to Duke and is, is making the basketball team is thinking about something more. Not all of them get there. The percentage of athletes that actually make the pros is so, so finite. But the idea is there. They want to become professional, right? They want to essentially, um, you know, get to the promised land and make a lot of money. Uh, they're not there for the education. Now, the education is something that they can benefit from if they are not going to go professional, if that is not what their goal is. Even if they play on one of these big time programs, getting the education is, is critical for them. But I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the ones that are going to go professional, the ones that are going to look for those big dollars. And the schools are going to use them to their advantage for however long this, it is that they're there. But the coaches, right? The coaches don't have to do anything in terms of consequences for leaving schools. Um, what generally tends to happen with coaches is they take over a program that is left for dead. They bring it to you know semi-prominence. And we saw this at Virginia Tech with, with their coach a couple of years ago. They make it the furthest they've ever made it in the tournament, the highest ranking they've ever made it, and he immediately leaves for another school to basically do the same thing all over again. No consequences for him. Nobody has to uh, you know, sit out a year. He gets to go coach and recruit right away. He gets to basically tell how much he loves the new university by doing that. Bunch of players left Virginia Tech basketball after he left. They had to sit out a year, right? And those, are, th those things don't match to me. The coaches don't make the money. The coaches don't make the dollars. The players make the dollars. The players are the ones that people are seeing. They're the ones executing what the coaches are saying. They're the ones making the shots. They're the ones that are living on forever in the highlight reels, on the basketball court, not on the academic court. And I just feel as if there's way too much hypocrisy going on here. The, to think that the game of basketball uh, needs to have kids you know, stay in school or sit out a year is so ridiculous. If, a, if they should be able to make these decisions on their own. I understand that these scholarships are contracts and so forth, but these college coaches sign contracts as well, right? The schools have to pay money to buy them out. Um, you know, there, there should be there, there should be a little bit more consideration if a, if a kid wants to leave. If he's at school and he's doing his job, he's going to class and he's trying his best, but he's just not making the team and he feels that he can make the team somewhere else, why shouldn't he be allowed to make that call? Right? If I go to a state school for two years and after two years I decide that I want to go somewhere else to finish my degree, that's my call. You know, I, I, I can do that. There's no consequence for me. I might have to wait depending on how long it takes to enroll and so forth, but the idea is the school doesn't make me wait it out. You know, I can get in as long as I can get in. So all of this is to say that um, we as a society are focusing on a lot of the wrong things, I believe. In, ter in terms of what it is we need to be focusing on, there's a lot of things that are happening within our own circles, within our communities. They're not related to basketball. They're not related to shoes. Um, you know, focusing our religious attention, our Christian attention on how we can help other people, you know, how we can make other people's lives better. Um, to me, that should be our focus. And 
it's okay to be offended by something. It's okay to feel as if the creation of something that is the antithesis of your beliefs is something that you don't uh, want around you. But I think that's where it needs to end, right? Don't necessarily, you know, don't tell somebody that they can't dress a certain way, that they can't act a certain way, as long as it's not infringing on your rights, your freedoms, your health, so forth. Um, you know, just be careful about that because there's going to be a time in which you are going to be in the reverse role and you're going to want that, that compassion. You're going to want that sympathy from people. And I just hope that you're able to get it because if you spend a lot of your time going on social media, telling other people how terrible they are, when you're not able to look back at yourself, you know, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow when it comes around. And as far as the, these athletes are concerned, they are here, not for your pure entertainment. They are out there trying to build a brand. They're out there trying to build a, a life for themselves. And just because it's, you know, going in a way that relates to basketball in a game doesn't necessarily mean that they shouldn't have freedoms allowed to them, that they shouldn't be able to make better choices for themselves and not be uh, held down by this ideal that's been archaic for a long time. I think we really need to think that. Um, I appreciate everybody listening. I'm sorry that this was such a hodgepodge thing. Uh, like I said, I've been busy in my personal life and I just wanted to make sure that my voice wasn't uh, unheard for two two straight episodes. Uh, Friday, Mike and I are going to come back with a breakdown of episode three of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's been a lot of fun. I've definitely, you know, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, before we get out of here, I just want to make sure everybody knows uh, www.mattyicemedia.com. That's where you're going to find podcasts, YouTube channels and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, we have a new subreddit, which is Matty Ice Media. Uh, Reddit is kind of the place where a lot of things go to to blow up and be talked about. So definitely check us out there. Uh, and also Soulfully Casual Podcast on Instagram. So I hope you're all having a great Wednesday. I appreciate you tuning in and I will catch you all down the road.